Amen. Uh, Zion, as we continue on in our study in the book of Acts and discovering the power of God and his promise, we come to the point now that they're still in prayer and they're still waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up. But we find out in a time of prayer, they come to a moment of choosing someone to fill the place of another. Remember earlier when we read, they said that there were 11 names there. Y'all counted the names. There was 11 names. Uh, you saw a Judas there, but he wasn't the other Judas. Uh, where we found that being named Judas is not a bad thing. Uh, just Judas did a bad thing. It's two separate things. And so the Judas now, they want to replace. Remember, they said that he has gone on to where he needs to be. Uh, a place that should not be named. They, they didn't want to tell it about it, but they like, he, he gone. He, he where he should be. He did something treacherous. He betrayed our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But in that, I, I want you to see that they, they came to an idea of how to, to confirm the choice that God has made. Uh, are you familiar with the word providence? Providence, I, I know that might not be a word outside of Christianity that's used a lot, but the word of providence basically believes that God's sovereignty is, is shown in how he conducts our history. Some of y'all didn't catch on to that. I'm sorry for using big words. Let me break it out to you. If God says it, it's going to happen. The Bible tells us that how God chose Nebuchadnezzar, he said, Nebuchadnezzar, my friend. And if you're not familiar who Nebuchadnezzar is, he's not a Jew, not a child of a Jew, not related to any Jews. He destroyed the temple, enslaved the people, conquered the people. But yet God used him to fix the people. That's God's providence. Uh, you might be familiar with the story of Jonah. Uh, Jonah did not want to do what God told him to do. But yet it was God's providence that Jonah would show up and speak the word. And if it needed to be a big fish, a storm, and almost drowning to get him there, guess what? That's God's providence. Some suggest that it might be luck. Luck means that it's by a chance or basically by you did no action to get it done. And I like that definition of luck, but we don't call it luck. We call it God's providence. Because just like luck, it did not require my action necessarily. God just did something that made it work out that way. And so here it is that they were able to confirm the choice of God. I'm, I'm going to get to the text. But I want you to grab this, that how they figured it out. They, they came a time of prayer. They came a time of realizing Peter decided, you know what, we need to fill the ranks. And so here it is that they decided to cast lots to find God's choice. Casting lots, casting lots. Now to us, we don't necessarily cast lots. We might do a couple of things. It's football season. Anybody here ready for some football? And you know at the beginning of the football game, right? They choose who gets the ball first. They toss the coin. So, therefore, they cast lots to find out who gets the ball first. Heads I win, tails you lose, right? Now, how we used to say it. Then, do you know that 
you don't only just toss a coin in a football game to decide something. In some races, some political races and locally, they toss a coin to find out who wins to break a tie. Think about that for a moment. You had all the votes come out and you got a tie. And to find out who the winner is going to be is by a flip of a coin. They cast lots. Some even draw names out of a hat. Some even draw straws. One I read, they drew cards to find out who was going to win. But yet, that's so serious and some of us don't want to go that way. But when we were as children, remember, put your foot in the pile. Who's going to be it? Right? Bubba gum, bubba gum. In a dish. Anybody remember that one? How many pieces do you wish? You are not the one to be it. Or maybe y'all might know Rochambeau. Rock, paper, scissors. Put them out. Going to decide who's going to be. Ready? We would do different things, and it seems like it's by chance or it's by skill, but sometimes it's not fair, right? I'll race you for it. Sometimes that don't seem very fair because, you know, somebody's going to win that race. And the one that often says, I'll race you for it is the one that says, I know I can beat you. And so we, we, we use different methods to make a decision. Rather flipping a coin, drawing cards, rolling dice, or casting lots. But here I want to understand you here that God is still in control. You might have thought you made the decision by how it worked out, but you can't escape God's providence. Join with me in the Bible. If you're those who have our Church Zion's app, you can join us in the Bible event right there. Or if you have the Bible app, the U version, you can join the live event right there. You can join in with the text and follow along with the sermon notes there. We're turning from, to Acts, first chapter, looking at verses 15 through 26. I, I want to highlight just a few verses here in this read. I'm not going to read it entirely uh, to us again, but I'm going to highlight a few verses for us. The first few verses, we want to look at verses 15 to 17, and then we're going to drop down to verse 21. Verse 15 says, During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Verse 21. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus's resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Basabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. I'm going to stick a pen right there. When, when you see that right there, if you're just reading this for the first time, right, you see Persabas, you see he's a well-known person. He got, he got two nicknames. So you think, like, this is the one going to be chosen, right? He's well-known. He, he, they know him by different names. And you turn and says, then they all prayed, Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen 
as an apostle to replace Judas in the ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. I highlight that this point out that the one that just has one name, he the one that was chosen. Not the popular one. He got all the nicknames. He cool. You know, Junebug, my boy, he's my homie, right? The, the other guy, Matthias. You know, he's not mentioned in nowhere else except in verse, this verse and the next verse. That's all we know about him, that he took the place of Judas. But yet, notice how they chose. They confirmed the choice by casting of lots. And it fell on Matthias. And that decided the decision. But notice how they prayed. They said, Lord, you know the hearts. They believed that God, Matthias, would be the one. Because this is our prayer. You know the heart. Show us. Because somebody say, show us. Show us the one you chose. Not, not who we want. Not who's most popular. Not the one that got the cool nicknames. But the one you chose. I, I want to remind us that I'm talking about God's providence, my prayer. My prayer should be, Lord, let your will be done. That's what Jesus taught. He says, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. If you want to see the power of God moving in your life, the best way is for you to stop doing what you're doing. Yes, somebody in cash. Let me help you out. If you're doing what you're doing, you need to check, am I doing his will? Because if you're not doing his will, then you won't see any power. But when you're walking and operating in the power of God, hallelujah, you'll start seeing things changing in your life the way you want them to be. Because it's by his strength, it's by his might, it's by his power that change shall come. So we ought to seek the Lord in prayer and allow him to help us to see what he wants us to do. So seeking God's guidance is in his provision. Now, those who join in with us, we're here at the 15th verse, but notice they've been in time of prayer for some 10 days. And Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. They saw him rise up. And he tells them, go back in Jerusalem and wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit that will come from the Father. So they're in the upper room waiting on the promise. And while they're there, let, us re- let me go back. Remember in Luke it tells them that they went back worshiping him. And Acts, it says they spent the time praying. And in their time of praying, a word came to them because they were also seeking his will, his desire. So all of a sudden, Peter stands up and says, we need to fix the ranks. Notice how Luke gives us specific numbers here. How many brethren are there? 120. Why is that significant? You asked some good questions this morning. It's significant because for each leader, there should be 10. They're missing a leader, so 10 have no leader. The 12 tribes of Israel were each given leadership. And that's how they divided the leaders. If one got 10, then 10 was over another 10. That's why they had the hundreds and the thousands covered. And they went back to the elders who sat and they discussed amongst each other. So they're missing one. They're realizing that in order for us to establish the church that God wants us to have, we need to fix the ranks. We need to have leadership. But notice also, they couldn't just get anybody. There were qualifications to one who can get into this office. 
See, they understood that they were the apostles and they got work to do. And in their awakening of seeking God's power and presence, God lets them know that you need a leader to step into this place. And so Peter gets this revelation from this prayer and realizing that there's some qualifications that they must have. Notice that he says this to them, that that Judas is on his way. And and notice how he even gives scripture to back up with Judas. Those who have a study Bible or maybe other Bibles that have some notes on there to give you the allusions or the echoes of the scriptures there. And they're referencing Psalm 41 and Psalm 69. And and, and here, here it is that. They're letting you know that Jesus is the righteous one who is being persecuted. And the, and the persecuted one is the one who gets cursed. Judas is the one that has been cursed. Let everything he has be taken away from him. Let him be judged. Let him be condemned. Psalm 41, 9 says, even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. That sounds familiar. Didn't they not just say he was entrusted in this ministry? Did not Judas sit with him at the Last Supper and eat with him? Did not Jesus say, the one who eats with me is the one who will betray me? You see, now they, this is all coming to fruition to him and saying, man, if we could have known that earlier. But it wasn't for you to know. This was part of God's providence. Psalm tells us that this had to happen. Psalm 69, 25 lets us know this, that let their homes become desolate and their tents be deserted. That's what they quoted. Psalm 109 and 8 says, let his years be few. Let someone else take his position. And so Peter comes to a epiphany in the time of prayer and study and realizing that we need someone else to take his place. And the qualifications are, notice what he says, that first one must have spent time with the Lord. One must spend time with the Lord. I want to encourage you that that's not just their qualification, that's our qualification. If you want to be a child of God, you want to be a disciple of Christ, you want to be an ambassador for the ministry of reconciliation, you need to spend time with God. Notice, notice what they said, that they, that they need to be with him from the beginning. What's the beginning? From John's baptism until he was taken away from us. Y- y'all catch that? That means they they witnessed the sky open up. They saw a dove coming down. They heard a voice say, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. They they were aware how he fed the 5,000. They're aware how he brought Lazarus back from life. They're aware that he did die on the cross. They're aware that on the third day he rose again from the grave. They're aware that 40 days later he ascended to the right hand of God. What does that mean? That means that they have a personal eye testimony of what's true. Why is that important? Think about it. They're starting the church. They, they are the accountable expert witnesses of the ministry of God. Think about how you want somebody that can verify the story. You don't want to just believe anybody. Right. You want to get the truth. You want references. You want facts. That's why somebody dies every day on Facebook. People got to find out. References. Y'all quiet on me. All it takes is somebody say R.I.P. and they're joking about somebody. Somebody say so-and-so's dead. They're right here. People kill these people on Facebook because of they don't verify information. 
All they get is one message, they go tell everybody. You know how the, the lie goes around the world before the truth puts on the shoes. So here it is. God is saying, I need my witnesses to be able to stand boldly and declare what they have seen for themselves, that they can be credible. And so here it is. It says they have to have been with us. They had to be with us from the beginning, from his baptism to his ascension. Y'all see that there? And then second, they must know Christ for themselves. Here it is that we too, that you can't be saved because grandma knows Jesus. You, you can't be saved because your daddy's a preacher. You can't be saved because your daddy's a good deacon. You can't be saved because your sister, your mama, is sister so-and-so, that sings that everybody's home going. That's not going to work because when they open up, when God opens up the book of life, He's not going to ask that auntie put your name by her name. We will all stand by ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I chose you. So we have to decide, Lord, am I going to live for you? Or am I going to live for myself? We need to understand that God is in control. So to know him for myself, then I know my own baptism. I know my own death and resurrection. Some of y'all look at me and say, I ain't died yet. Then you should have died. We should be dead to sin and alive in the spirit. We should know B.C. and A.D. like for real. Before Christ and the year of our Lord. That's Annual's Dean. That before Christ, I did what I wanted to do, didn't live for him. But now that I know him, he is my Lord. I only got a few amens. Do you understand that we have to live for him through humility and surrender? He has to say, Lord, it's all about you. Here they are that Jesus spent time with these apostles. Notice this is Peter standing up. This is Peter. Peter, one who denied him three times. The one that told him, I will never deny you, Jesus. I'll even die for you. Peter before the crow. Crow three times, you will deny him. He did so and he cursed. Looked at Jesus. Jesus looked at him and he wept and went and hide in his shame. But now he's been emboldened. Why? Because Jesus says, I've prayed for you. The enemy, enemy wants to shift you like wheat. But I'm praying that you'll be strong, that you will repent after you fall, that you will repent and you will strengthen your brother. Look what he's doing right now. He is strengthening his brethren. He is leading them to go forth and tell others about the power of God's kingdom. I want to encourage you today to understand that God can use you in the same way. Notice that this is not no necessarily big congregation. It's just a couple of homeboys sticking together with people they know. Well, that's how it works, that we need to work with the people we know. You have a co-worker, you have a person you, set, you share a desk with, a cubicle with, an office with, a space with, a neighborhood, a house with. Are you sharing the kingdom of God with them? If you can't say amen, work on trying to say amen by tonight, so you need to tell somebody about the kingdom tonight. Tell them that you know about his miracles, what he's done in your life. Tell them that you've seen him walk on water in your life. You've seen him take little and make much in your life. 
You've seen him make blind and able to see because once I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. You can tell him how you were the lost sheep, but he put you up on the shoulder and carried you back home and celebrated your life. You can tell him that the angels threw a party way back in so-and-so when I gave my life to Christ. They took me to the water. The water was cold. It chilled my body, but not my soul. You ought to tell somebody that I was sinking deep in sin, but out from the desperate shore, he heard my despair cry, and Jesus lifted me. You ought to tell somebody I seen him seated at the right hand on the throne and as long as I got King Jesus I don't need nobody else so do you understand that they, 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 they know him for themselves and they want to testify they want to be witnesses because Acts 1 and 8 Jesus says that you will be my witnesses you will testify of what you have seen and I want to encourage you that what God has done in your life somebody needs to hear about that they didn't know how great he is because of what he's doing in your life and what he has done and what he's going to do in your life. I want to encourage you this, that God will train you to be qualified for what he's called you to do. Notice that Jesus chose the 12 and the 12 were able to reach and bring others to them. And he, he equipped them and trained them for moments such as this. There's times in your life that you may not know what you're being trained for, but God is preparing you for when it shows up, you will know for times such as this. Prayer must be part of following God's wisdom and leading your life. Notice that in verse 24, then they all prayed. Notice that they already been in prayer, but now it came to make the decision. If you have not done this in your life, I encourage you before every decision you make, pray. Yes, I said every decision. It won't hurt. Do I got to pray if I'm going to go on vacation? Why not? Is not God leading you? Y'all quiet on me. Some of y'all don't understand that God is God. He's not just God on Sunday. He is God on Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every day that ends with D-A-Y, he is God. And so when you know that he is God, then you got no harm saying, Lord, where are we going to go for vacation? Lord, what school am I going to send my children? Lord, how, whom should I marry? How should I raise my children? You can trust him. And here it is. Here's the situation that came to them, that they understood that, Lord, you know the hearts. Because we know we can fool ourselves. Anybody lied to yourself before? Some of y'all, yeah, like you say to y'all, you ain't never lied to yourself. Y'all, y'all, these are the kind of lies that you, you say yeah, you didn't tell yourself. That, Lord, if. That's how they all start off. Lord, if you do this, I'll do this. That's how you lie to yourself. Lord, if you give me this job, I guarantee you I'll give you a tenth of that check. That first check. Some of y'all don't live here, so y'all know what I'm talking about. But some of y'all went across the river. Ten to give me twenty. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. We tell the Lord, Lord, if, if you do this for me. I might do this. 
But here it is that you must realize that, Lord, I'm going to wait until you tell me what to do. You can't corner God. You can't force God to do something. Ask Jonah. Jonah said, Lord, I'm not going. And Jonah got like, here come the storm. Jonah still said in the storm, I'm not going. Here come the water. Jonah in the water said, Lord, I'm still not going. Here come the fish. Jonah said, Lord, I'm going. You on dry land. I want you to understand if God got something for you to do. Oh, hallelujah. You see, if God is truly God as he is, we must learn how to surrender. So they said, Lord, you know the hearts. We fool ourselves. We lie to ourselves. We don't know how to choose. And so, though we need you to help us out. We narrowed it down to two that met the qualifications. Out of the 120 that we met, we narrowed it down to two that met the qualifications that Jesus instilled upon us to be his witness. To be his witness, they had to see for themselves. They have to know for themselves. And these are the two. But, Lord, we don't know how to choose. So we cast lots. Remember? Casting lots might be a throwing of stones and for them to choose who is going to be. Proverbs tells us that we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. So here it is that they threw the lot, but the Lord determined how it fell. Now, I don't want you to take this loosely and say, today's my lucky day. Let me go play the lottery. And then you're going to blame God when you don't win. You need to first find out, is it his will? We move on our will, but am I moving on his will? Jesus told them to wait. But notice that in their time of prayer, they got further instruction. The first instruction was that we got to fill the ranks. Now, now, now I want you to grab, this is, this is chapter 1 of Acts. Come the next chapter, you see the Spirit show up. But while they were waiting on the promise, they spent time in worship and in time in prayer. What you saying, Reverend? I'm saying, why are you waiting on your promise? You ought to spend some time in worship and in prayer. I only got a few of the church. Let me say it one more time. Why are you waiting on your promise? You need to spend some time in worship and in prayer. Because God is going to move. But will you be ready when he shows up? Because he's going to show up at the right time. May not be your time, but it'll be at the right time. And in order to prepare yourself, you got to open yourself up. You have to empty yourself and say, Lord, have thine own way. He is able to fill us up and direct us to where he wants us to be. We want to be totally under God's control. And when they cast a lot, notice that, that was, it was settled. It was settled. Why? Because they believed that God divinely chose this. What does that mean? It means it's that when you trust God, there's no doubt. There's no room for doubt. Doubt is sin. Help me preach you know, Doubt is sin. Some of y'all didn't want to say that, you know, because you think the pastor's lying. I ain't lying. Go look at Hebrews 11 chapter. Let you know doubt is sin. It's impossible 
to please God without faith. Faith is not doubt. Faith is assurance. All y'all sat down with faith in these pews to hold you up. But you don't know if Zion had to turn my problem. Y'all all could have sat down and all been on your floor. Boom. But you had faith. You had assurance that everybody else sits in here, so I might as well sit down too. You got faith. Every time you drive across a bridge, it's going to hold you up, except those that got high anxiety. And so here it is. God has never failed. He has never collapsed. He's never fell short. He is consistent. So God's providence, my prayer is this, that I trust God. You know what's best for me. You created me for your glory. You know what you want me to do. So I open myself up to you. I open myself up to you so that I can be led by you. And here's the key thing. Wait until he shows you. Remember, he he said, show us. They prayed, show us. God will make it clear. Just as you can clearly know what today is, what the time is, you know what a denomination is of money, clearly God can make it clear where he wants you to do, where he wants you to be, what he wants you to say. Let us turn to him and pray. Lord, we come just thankful that you are truly in control of our life. We ask you, Lord, to move continuously in this place. Fill us, Lord, with your presence and your guidance. God, forgive us the times that we try to hold on and we try to control what should happen in our life. But, Father, we want to let go and let you have your way. Fill us up, Almighty God, with your presence, with your peace as we wait on you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. May you stand. We ask you to stand. Just make it easier for someone maybe to come through the pews. If that's someone today that's looking for a church home, we welcome you here in this place. You are welcome to come.